Well, hey there. I'm Lauren Dimmitt-Waters, and I'm a New York City-based blogger and influencer who's been covering beauty, style, and lifestyle for what seems like forever. But now, I'm a woman in midlife who wants to discover all of the secrets to growing younger. I'm ready to explore topics that deal with health and anti-aging, especially when it comes to beauty, fashion, wellness, and longevity. I'll find the foremost experts to unearth what's new, what works, and even what you shouldn't waste your money on. I'm on the hunt for the latest and greatest discoveries and strategies to help us all get through this journey called life with a little humor and a lot of attitude. I want to keep fighting the fight so we can all grow old ungracefully. So welcome to Beauty is a Bitch. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Beauty is a Bitch. We're on a different platform today, so bear with me. I'm praying this works okay. So my guest today is Dr. Kelly Halderman. She graduated from medical school in 2007 and completed a family practice medicine internship with the University of Minnesota. She has a naturopathic medical degree from Kingdom College of Natural Health, where she is the current academic dean of students. She holds a certification in methyl genetic nutrition by the Genetic Research Institute and a certification from the American Functional Neurology Institute in Functional Neurology and Neurofeedback. She is an active member of the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, president and founder of the American Association of Nutraceutical Formulators, as well as a member of the American Medical Association and Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. She coined the phrase, uh, coined coined phase 2.5 detoxification, which involves properly restoring biophysiology to our body's built-in toxin transport system and has successfully developed novel natural nutraceutical products and clinical strategies to support this new important phase of detoxification. Oh my God, there's so much there. All these medical terms, help me, help me, but welcome. Thank you. you? I'm great, Lauren. You nailed it. Perfect. I did? Yes. Yes. Oh my! It's I all down here. It's all downhill from here because oh, you God. nailed the intro. I, I mean, there you go. perfect. Where else are we going to go? So, listen. What we're going to talk today about, just because we didn't get there yet, is why drinking enough water is the key to healthy aging. Which I I poured it, made sure that I came to this with a glass of water. I probably don't drink enough water. I I always like think I'm going to drink enough, and then I just don't want to go to the bathroom all the time. Well, you're not alone. I mean the majority of Americans are definitely not drinking enough water. So, you know what? It's um, something we, more of us struggle with than less of us. Well, what role does hydration play in aging? Okay. So the short answer is it, it plays a huge, huge role. Mm-hmm. The long scientific answer, which I really think is important because you know, aging is very complicated. So of course there's not going to be just one thing that's going to like, you know, really have a huge impact. But when you look at what aging is, it's actually more of a multitude of things, right? There's just no single answer. Why do we age? Well, we don't have just an answer. So in science, we feel the best answer was addressed in a landmark paper um, we're going to get a little nerdy here. So it was a review article published in Cell by Carlos Lopez Otin, just a brilliant researcher. And he proposed there are nine hallmarks of aging. And those hallmarks are considered to contribute to the aging process. And again, so that's saying that really 
there's no one thing that's going on in the body, but yet there's these nine things that are definitely contributing to it. And I'm just going to read them off. I'm not going to go into them. We're not going to go into too much detail, but I'm going to tie it in with hydration because, you know, really, I think this information is important because people are really obsessed. And I, you know, I think it's important in in a very positive way with anti-aging. We don't want to get old. And when we do get old, we want to age gracefully. So yeah. And healthy and healthy and healthy. Exactly. We want health span. We don't just want lifespan. We want health span. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So the first hallmark is genomic instability, meaning your genome, meaning your DNA, your DNA is important, right? It's the blueprint for everything. And so when we um, have free radicals and pollutants and chemicals and pesticides and smoking, and hopefully nobody smokes anymore, but that does damage to the, to the genome, to your DNA. So that'll cause aging. The next one is telomere attrition. Sounds kind of complicated, but pretty easy. Telomeres are just like the plastic end caps on your DNA, like a shoelace, how they have that end cap. And and they get shorter when you have to have your um, cells multiply and cells will multiply when they're damaged more. So again, another, another damage, another damage from the things that are in our environment. Number three is epigenetic alterations. Epigenetics are the study of how our behaviors and environment can, can affect the way our genes work. So that's our diet, our lifestyle. I put hydration in there, alcohol consumption, again, toxins, how much toxins do we have, our stress, um, our sleep. Um, the fourth is loss of proteostasis. So what does that mean? That just means that proteins are important in the body. And when your body's full of inflammation, there's a big imbalance and that leads to aging. Easy peasy. Number five, a deregulated nutrient sensing. This just means that the sensors that that understand and take the information where we're eating to probably you know allocate those resources, um, you know, so we're burning fat or metabolism, they get worn out. And this kind of coincides with a strategy for anti-aging that we know works is caloric restriction, which is like the worst thing ever. Like who wants to restrict their calories? But we know that because Every time we eat, we're producing oxidative stress, like inflammation in our body. Number six is mitochondrial dysfunction. So how those little powerhouses in our cells that charge up our cells, how they start to dysfunction. And again, that can be related to, again, inflammation. And I always think of inflammation as like, again, the toxic load. And how do we, how do we flush that out? How do we flush that out? Hydration. Number seven is cellular senescence. Um, so when your um, cells start to get old or they're under attack, they actually turn into zombie cells. And this kind of protects them from turning into cancer cells. But zombie cells secrete these things called SAS factors. And those SAS factors are nasty and they cause inflammation. So thinking of how do we get rid of that because that will cause aging. I mean, there are tons of companies, anti-aging companies, just focusing on decreasing cellular senescence. If you have not heard this word yet, plug it into Google and start learning about cellular senescence. It is cutting edge. And so strategies, we could do a whole podcast on cellular senescence because there's, there's a validated uh, studies in some now topical creams that actually you put on your skin and it decreases the amount of senescent cells and the results are phenomenal. Think if you did that to your insides of your body too, like what it would do. Wait, what are one of these creams? I know someone's going to (laughs) ask. One skin. O-N-E-S-K-I-N. Just go look at their clinical trial. Okay. It's cool. Okay. Um, now, 
Go on. Sorry, yes, I didn't yes, mean to interrupt. Okay, I knew eight, that was going to come up, though. Yeah, right. It's going to come. Right. Which one? Um, stem cell exhaustion. So stem cells are those little cells that haven't differentiated. They don't have a job yet, but when we have damage or things, they may need to go turn into a liver cell. So when we are under inflammation, oxidative stress, again, the pool of them goes down, and so we can't replace that. So again, another hallmark of aging. And the last one is altered intracellular communication. So our cells just can't communicate as well. They just get old and they, again, it all ties back to that inflammation. And that's why just the drum roll, the mic drop is water. Right. How do we get rid of toxins? We sweat. We have liver detoxification. Our kidneys we urinate it out. But guess what happens when we're not drinking water? We're not doing that. And studies have shown our cells, they are very sensitive to our hydration. You go. There you go. There you go. Have that sip of water. You all can't see me. She can. I'm drinking water right now. (laughs) Yeah, she's drinking water. Very good, Lord. So when we're not putting the hydration into our bodies, and again, I, you know, I struggle with this as well. It is hard to keep up with water needs and it like even having to go to the bathroom just to flush that out. But when we're not, it is the scientific literature would say our cells are super sensitive to this. They don't like that osmotic difference between the inside of the cell and the outside of the cell, every single cell in your body. There's studies that show that when you are dehydrated, it affects your metabolism. It really does. You're going to shift from burning your fatty acids, your amino acids, burning your food in your mitochondria to actually relying on glucose. So when you have to rely on glucose, you crave, you crave glucose, you crave sugar, you're a sugar burner. So, you know, I mean, I could go on and on, but like we could start with that, like with how important it is just to have those pillars of aging, those nine hallmarks, the way those markers of like, this is what we know and all signs point to really paying attention to hydration. Interesting. So what effect, I think you said a little bit about this, but what effect then does dehydration have on the body? Sure. So again, when you're dehydrated, every single cell in your body is, you know, waving a flag saying like, I'm not working as well. Right. I, maybe I'm a liver cell. Maybe I'm a brain cell. I mean, your brain is 75% water. There was a recent study that showed that dehydration affected mood, affected vigor, affected your mental capability, which just makes sense. Again, it's like when, you're, when your brain isn't working well, these are some of the symptoms that you, you would have. So it really doesn't matter um, you know, which cell you're specifically talking about. But you know, I'll make it real for people. When you have a night out and you may have too many cocktails and you wake in the morning and you're, and you're dehydrated, do you look good? Do you look your best self or do you like you can visually see when you're dehydrated? You're just, you're just not looking very well, but that goes for everything that goes for your gut function. And in the intro, Lauren, you talked about phase 2.5 of detoxification. And this is actually a term I coined. Yes. So the, so the liver is the workhorse of detoxification. Yes, we can sweat out toxins and our kidneys are very important, but the liver is really responsible for getting toxins out of the body the majority of them. And so what phase 2.5 is, it links the liver with the bile flow. If you're not familiar with bile flow, it's 
this sludgy substance that flows from your liver to your gallbladder. And it is the exit strategy because it dumps into your bowels. It's supposed to hit the toilet. Now that bile is 98% aqueous, meaning it's mostly made out of water. So if your body's exit strategy for getting toxins out of your body, if you're low on water, if you're not drinking enough, how are you going to get rid of your toxins? I mean, you're going to stress out your kidneys. Your skin's going to take an impact because all those toxins that are supposed to be flowing out of are your poisoning liver, you, basically. Oh, yes, they're okay. poisoning you. Got they're it. going back into your bloodstream. And I, I, I'm just drinking. I wish I had more water down here with me. Okay. Well, it's funny because, you know, a lot of times with humans, we know things, but we don't do things. Right. We're like, oh, yeah, I, I know. I know it's good for me. So there's just like that disconnect. That's just being human. We're just really just disconnected. But I think when you really dig into what's the end goal here, again, you, we talked about this healthy health span, not healthy. The lifespan is important, but we want to have health throughout this. Right. Dehydration shown in scientific literature stresses your cells out, stresses out those, those capabilities of you to get rid of toxins. I mean, that's, look at those nine, those nine homeworks I went through. They all, they have a lot to do with aging has a lot to do with your DNA being assaulted with toxins. Your, you know, all of these, your telomeres, all these cellular senescence, just those zombie cells just throwing off all kinds of inflammatory cytokines and things that just cause inflammation in the body that just choose at, you, you know, every structure in your body you know, from your collagen matrix to your joints, to your heart, it doesn't leave anything, you know, spared. Well, do, do your hydration needs change then as, as you age? That is a really super great question. Absolutely. So as we age, unfortunately, a little gland in our brain called the hypothalamus, it's responsible for making sure that the body has proper um, nutrient levels, hydration levels, and it sends a signal to the pituitary gland when we are hypohydrated. And the pituitary gland in our brain Mm -hmm. sends a little molecule called ADH, antidiuretic hormone, to our kidneys. And it says, okay, we need to stop peeing out any excess water because we need to keep it. Keep it inside the body because our cells really need this hydration. When we get older, our hypothalamus isn't a very good regulator anymore. She's kind of getting a little slow and she's kind of not keeping up on the body needs. And so that's number one thing is that starts to happen. Um, You also have the ability of your kidneys to concentrate the urine. They don't do that as well. So we'll talk about this. We'll talk about how do we know if we're dehydrated or not. But that's why looking at your urine as you get older, you know, they say, oh, you know, you want straw colored urine, you want a lighter colored urine. That does, that's not really a good indicator anymore when you're older because your kidneys don't have the ability to do that. So you may look at your urine and go, great, it's really lightly colored, but your, your kidneys just failed to actually concentrate it, make it more yellow. Oh, okay. The mechanism okay. failed. Right. And so, you know, that, that's really what we're looking at with, with aging is, is the failures. And then so you don't perceive the dehydration as well. 
in an older individual. You don't know, you don't have that thirst sensation. Yeah, and that's true. I agree. With, okay. I noticed yeah, that. I've noticed that too. As, as I age, I'm just like, oh no, I'm not thirsty. So relying on thirst really isn't the best way to gauge your, your needs with that anyway. I will, I will give some statistics here because everybody's going to want to know. So according to the Mayo Clinic, the U.S. National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine suggests fluid intake for men be about 15.5 cups. That's 3.7 liters. And for women, 11.5 cups, that's like 2.7 liters. Now, again, you just got to take this with a grain of salt. If you exercise a lot, if you take medication that may dehydrate you, um, you know, if you have underlying diseases, you definitely have to adjust that. And I always tell people work with a licensed healthcare provider. Um, you know, I, I used to practice medicine. I don't anymore. I'm in the biotech industry and, and I work, you know, outside I'm a consultant and a chief medical officer, but I always caution people, you know, this is the, this is, if you're going to change anything, anything in your diet, you add any medications, right? You always have to talk with somebody, right? And that's hydration too. Um, because although most of us are dehydrated, we just want to make sure that we're doing the best for our physiology. So again, those are kind of like the recommended amounts. But again, as we get older, um, you know, if we're elderly, we have to look at that a little bit differently. So 11.5 cup, of course, you answered one of my questions and how much is enough water. Mm -hmm. um, so you're saying 11.5 cups for women, but what are, what are we typically intaking? Well, <laughs> we... I don't have the exact statistics, but I right. do know that the lay press says 75% of Americans are dehydrated. The literature says about 30%. 65% of all people above the age of 65 who go into the emergency room are dehydrated. I just wow. pulled a paper because I wrote a piece on athletics. 66% of Division One athletes in a study were dehydrated. I'm like, these are the people who really should you know, be really? hydrated. Yeah. Wow. So it, it's definitely, it's definitely a problem. It's definitely, we're, we're not getting that proper intake. And on top of that, Lauren, we may be drinking coffee and we may be drinking other sugary drinks that dehydrate us, right? There's you're a lot talking of talking straight up water, right? You're just talking straight up water. Now, what about like seltzer and things that don't have uh, sugar in them? But yeah, what are your I thoughts think, on seltzer? I think those are adequate. I think okay. that you know, I think the, the recommendation is water. And I, myself, I, I like to drink electrolyzed water. It's, yep. you know, not, not known in, in this country, but like in Japan and other companies or countries, that is the, the water that's known as the most advanced. You're just energizing your water, putting some bioactives in there that can help with, um, oxidative stress. So it's kind of just like getting a little bit more than just simply hydration. I, I just bought one of those things on Amazon to like add all that stuff. Add all the bioactives. Yep. yep. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm drinking right now, as a matter of fact. Oh, nice. But I'm Very just not nice. drinking enough of it. It's great I have. It, right. I'm probably right. not drinking enough. Yeah. Um, and I think. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, well, when, well, you know, strategies to help remind us. I mean, I struggled a lot until I got this accountability partner and I'm pointing to my finger. It's called my aura ring. It tells mm -hmm. me to get off my, you know what, when I'm sitting too much, it tells me like, 
hey, you know, I think last night you probably indulged a little bit too much. So I rely on accountability partners for my hydration intake. And that is tech, right? We, you know, we have um, lots of apps that can remind us to drink water. Um, you know, that's, that's really important. I think in this day and age, we're all so busy and trying to remember again, to drink water. It's, it's tough. It really okay, is totally off topic. Well, not totally, but so are you a fan of the aura ring? Do you like it? I'm- I love it. I do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's excellent. Great. I I've been toying with getting one. So I, but it, ta- it, it reminds you to drink water. It doesn't actually, it's, it reminds you to exercise and it reminds you how your sleep and all that. But, right. um, so I use the WEO app for my water intake because you can kind of specialize it. And, um, that that's a really, it's a great one. Oh, any other apps that you can recommend? I think FitTrack has, um, a built-in water reminder. There's a lot of water reminders that can be okay. really, well, but we're all different sizes, shapes, weights. So is 11.5 cups of water like sta- like standard? How do you figure out what's the right amount of water for you at a- and at your age? So those are just general recommendations. Right. And like I offered the caveat of, hey, <laughs> you know, really this, this is something like this is a biological need. It's a macromolecule. It's, you're, you know, everybody's different. Um, even like children are different with their water intake. So I, if you're a younger person, the literature would say you can rely on, you can, you can dabble in, not maybe rely on, but you can use a test where you pinch your skin. Right. And so pinching your skin that that's in the, a book quench, this book quench is very, very full of a lot of really great knowledge, um, written by a medical doctor. Um, when she has in there that, that skin pinch test so that when you pinch your skin on the, in your, uh, your, your hand, it should just go right back down. Shouldn't, shouldn't tent. Um, she also recommends you can press on your fingernail and the color should return in one to three seconds. Um, you know, you you wear nail polish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That doesn't really work for us. Right. Um, you, and again, if you're a younger person looking at the color of your urine, um, that can be a good indicator. If it's really, really dark, you could use some ex- extra water, extra hydration. Uh, you know, I will mention too, there's a lot of foods that actually have a lot of water in them too. So cucumbers and fruits and watermelons and, and there, again, there's a list in the, in this book quench where you can actually get some water intake from delicious foods. So I like that strategy as well. I think that's, a really good idea. I've been obsessed with watermelon this summer. So that's good. Yeah. I've been legit consuming. I, I'm sort of bummed it's getting harder to find watermelon now. It's, I'm a little upset. I've been, I take fresh mint from my garden. I, it's really, I just, it's like my favorite thing. So I guess I'm getting some hydration that way. But um, so you're talking about like younger people, how they can test, but how does somebody know when they're in midlife? like mm-hmm. myself, um, that they are getting enough water. I mean, is there a way to tell? Even, even if you go to your doctor, they do serum osmolality and urine osmolality and things. It's, it's, it's really taking it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. And it's looking at, do you have any symptoms? Do you have, do you have headaches? Do you have you know, muscle aches? Um, fatigue has been related to dehydration. You know, taking it into account. 
And then what I like to say is applying rubber to the road. Okay, well, I'm going to increase my water intake over a week and I'm going to document. I'm going to see if any of my symptoms get better. I think that's a really good strategy too. Um, You know, they have, they have a lot of studies in the elderly where um, they'll just become really mentally, you know, not, not with it. And, you know, they'll, again, it's really hard to tell in the elderly if they're dehydrated or not, but um, they'll give them some water and the 10 minutes later they'll perk up. So it's an intervention where sometimes when you, when you think you may be dehydrated, again, look at the signs, look at the symptoms, dry mouth, dry lips, um, again, headaches, you could have muscle aches, joint pain, your skin can be affected. Try some, you know, increase your water intake to, to at least that of the recommendations by the Mayo Clinic. And, you know, if you are on all the medications and if you are on, um, you know, diuretics and things, again, it's just best to just check it out with your doctor, send them, send them an email, send them a message and just kind of describe what you want to do. What, what are some medications that people in midlife take, tend to take that could be causing dehydration? Just so we know, I mean, I'm not saying stop taking a medication because obviously if it's prescribed, you should continue taking it, but just so that you're aware that they're dehydrating. Definitely the number one category is diuretics and that's used for a high blood pressure. So of course, stay on your, stay on your medication. Absolutely important, but keep in mind, keep in mind and that there, there are classes of drugs that you know, definitely can, can be dehydrated. And then number one by far is, is just the diuretics. And they work typically in the kidney and they affect the, how the kidney works. Um, but it is worth noting that, that, you know, that is something that a lot of people are on. And doctors, when I was practicing, I do not remember telling people to increase their water take when I put them on a diuretic. I Maybe I should have been saying that, but I do know that um, that it can affect. It doesn't affect everyone. It, it's not going to dehydrate. It's not going to like I take this drug and now I'm dehydrated. But just looking at the statistics of right. of how we are already as a society, um, it's something worth noting. What about let's talk about doctors then? Because I mean, should your doctor know to have how to have this conversation with you? And if not, what kind of a doctor would you be looking for? Would you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because let's be honest, you've got 15 minutes with your doctor, maybe 10. And, you know, and as, as I said in a talk to a pre in a previous podcast to write down everything, all your questions that you have for your doctor before you go in, but you, sometimes you only have 10, 15 minutes. So how do you have this water conversation? So I think it's important to start off by making sure your doctor's aware of your symptoms. Now, if you're going in for preventive care, run it by them. This is what the National Academy of Sciences say. What do you think about this? I'm sure they'll give you their blessing. Like, yes, you know, water is an, an essential macro molecule. We cannot live without water. Only a couple of days, we can live without food for a really, really long time. Um, do I think that it's underappreciated in all medical fields like naturopathic medicine? And I do, I really do think so. I don't think you need to leave a traditional medical care, go seek out, you know, a different umbrella. But I do think, you know, perhaps, um, adding in a dietitian because they are trained in micro micronutrients, macronutrients balancing. They'll be able to tell you maybe more foods that are appropriate for you that are hydrating. 
I always encourage people to bring in nutritionists, bring in another person on your team that can help guide you, you know, as well, because, you know, really medical doctors are very good at prescribing drugs and, you know, making sure that, um, you know, drugs and surgery and in very acute situations, you know, my, my husband is a Mayo Clinic doctor. He's a fantastic doctor. And, you know, his, his role is very important, but there's other things that are important that, that we can help ourselves with. And that again, putting another person on your team, like that nutritionist, that dietitian, I think that's a really good strategy. Okay. So older individuals. So I know like, for instance, my mom, I could not get her to drink water. It was, I mean, wine, no problem. Water, that was an issue. I was always after her to drink more water. And, you know, I hate to say it, but she had I, a lot of in, like urinary infections, UT, a lot of UTIs. Oh, yeah, very common. Um, which I know is very common in the elderly. So how do you detect dehydration in the elderly? Some of us are still taking care of our parents, whatnot. How do we know that they're dehydrated? So I I alluded to this, but in 2019, a study called the DRIE study, it was entitled Signs and Symptoms of Low Intake Dehydration Do Not Work in Older Individuals. So we're kind of stuck because what we would typically look at ourselves and go, oh, I've got some dry mouth, I have a little tinge of a headache, you know, my urine's a little darker. None, they're just, they just don't work. So we miss a lot of people who are dehydrated and who are older, like our older parents or people we're caring for, and they could be severely dehydrated. And it could, it could, like we started off talking about, can affect every cell in their body. And, and, And they're already aging. They already have all kinds of damage done. We don't need to be dehydrated. So you look at, okay, well, what can you do? And you just talked about recurrent UTIs. And that is definitely, you know, one of the telltale signs is that someone might have an issue with being chronically dehydrated. Um, there is a, a 2020 paper and I don't, I don't know if you link things in your show notes, but yeah, I will. Yeah. Oh, great. This is, this is very, um, important. And I've definitely shared it a lot. A European group, they worked on, um, di- diagnosing dehydration in nursing home residents. And they have this really great diagnostic approach. It's, it's a little bit heavy it, detailed to go into, but it's a better way to really assess. And again, that may be more tailored to a medical doctor, a medical um, physician helping to really look at the diagnostic criteria, but it may be something that you can use in combination with your, with your loved one's doctor too. say like, right. Oh, look at these things. And these are something that I can help with. I will say that making sure that they're that you're the elderly is drinking is difficult because a lot of the times that thirst is so shot that that sensation that it's almost like painful for them to drink you know so it's a better strategy to have smaller amounts more frequently so it doesn't feel like here put this gallon in front of them and it seems very overwhelming right. for them to have to drink it so smaller amounts throughout the day that are just more manageable seem to, to be more of an effective strategy. So you had mentioned earlier that there's something in our brain that as we age, it 
doesn't signal to us that we are dehydrated. So obviously you're saying for the elderly, it's completely turned off because they've uh, aged. Just right. Depends. Yep. Really. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Science would show that. I mean, I wouldn't say it's completely t- turned right. off, although I mean, we'd be in big trouble. Um, but definitely it's compromised. It's, it's compromised. Right. Okay. It is compromised. And just to keep that, that in mind is important. Okay. So if we are properly hydrated, mm-hmm. how does that help us age better? Healthy aging. That's what we're all after. Yeah. So, so what, what, what can we expect if we drink the water? To, yeah. If we drink the water, what's our drink, ROI? Yeah. Right? What's like, our return on investment? I want to know. Right. That's right. Besides the fact I'm running to the bathroom all the time, which is like, really, <laughs> I hate to say, like, I know this, if I've got a day of running errands, I did this yesterday. I'm like, okay, I think about these things. I plot out my day and I'm like, where am I going? And is there a bathroom? If I can't think of where the bathroom is, I don't drink much water. I know. It's terrible. But I literally plan my day. Depend, you know, if I'm home working or, you know, working in the office all day and there's a bathroom nearby, we're cool. I'll drink the water. But like yesterday I had to run errands. I don't have time to stop and find a bathroom. I just want to get on with my day. So I didn't drink enough water yesterday. I know this. Right. So I had a bad aging day is what you're saying. <laughs> you might have really put some pressure on uh, those those cells of yours yesterday. But we do that all the time, right? We We do that when, you know, we're consuming, you know, things like sugar or we're consuming alcohol, too much alcohol, or, you know, there's all kinds of things that put stress on our bodies. And I talked about environmental toxins and pollutants and, you know, we live in a very toxic world. So we kind of wake up in literally the and figuratively oh, these days. Oh right, my God. Right. Right. Indeed. Right. Indeed. Right. So the decks is stacked against us from the minute we wake up. Right. Yeah. So I, it's just, it has to be something that we really recognize as an, a very simple strategy, albeit it can be, like you said, a, a nuisance to have to go to the bathroom. It but is. It's just, I'm sorry, but it <laughs> is. No, I, 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 the truth is the truth. It really is. So if you can minimize those days, right? Like you had a, you are recognizing and being honest. You're like, I had a bad hydration day yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, so we have bad indulgent days where it's like, oh, I had too much cake yesterday. So That's like, true. okay, what am That's I going to do today? It's just like exercise. You can have your bad days. You're right. Tr- Wake up in the morning and just start fresh. But That's right. That's right. Th- okay. I got one more question then. Okay, these, these are the things that I need to know. So I keep hearing, let's talk about drinking that uh, alcohol, that if you have a drink, you should have a glass of water before the next one. Like, is that, is that true? Alcohol can be dehydrating. Yes. Well, I know that. So, but so. Is th- like I try to do like, and let's be honest, as I've gotten older, I'm not drinking nearly as much as I used to. And also because hangovers are just brutal now. Um, and I know that it's really taxing on my body. So I do pick and choose, you know, when I am going to have my beloved tequila or whatever. But so, mm-hmm. but I've been trying to have like my drink and then water, and then maybe I'll have a second one. I don't have three anymore. I've decided there's no third. <laughs> that always leads to bad things. So. Um, that shuts off a part of your brain, right? Just it like really getting older, you just shut it off. Right? Well, you know, it's true too. I, there's also something to be said. Like I, first of all, I don't enjoy being drunk. Mm-hmm. So if I get like a little bit of a buzz, I know to stop. 
So, and then I am not hungover, which is great because hangovers as we get older, which I'm sure is linked to dehydration, they become awful. I used to be a rock star. Now I'm not, but uh, I do try to drink a lot more water, particularly when I am drinking. Although last night I didn't do so well. That's true. All right. Anyway, I tried. Well, yesterday wait, wait. was a bad day for yeah, me. Yeah, I was just going to say a bad day yesterday. I didn't drink a lot of water and I had some wine last night. Yeah, which I don't even usually drink that anymore. But last night I had wine. Well, when we know better, we do better. So we all know that dehydration is a problem and that, you know, even implementing the strategy you just talked about, if that's something that you can implement and that is your new habit, that's a great right. habit. It's just, a, it's just a great habit in general. Maybe to have a, a tied to tie the new habit to an old habit. So you brush your teeth. We brush our teeth at least two times a day, right? Maybe yes. have a glass of water sitting there. So you're, you're tying the habits together. So it's easier to, to implement those. I'm a really big believer in, in that. Does it help to have a glass of water before you, right before you go to bed? It can disrupt sleep. Okay. So good to know. Yeah, that, that's okay. a, that's one where you t- want to try and get your hydration in probably during the day where it doesn't disrupt your sleep because we know sleep is like absolutely paramount to, yeah, to good Especially health. as we age. Yes. Especially like I was a little bit more elusive, but yes. Right. Okay. Any other little tips like when we should drink water, when we shouldn't drink water? Well, I think that if you engage in exercise, you need to be really careful. Too. There's a lot of studies that show your performance, your end result, your ability to like lift amount of weight or run a distance is completely impaired when you're dehydrated. So if you actually want a good workout, if you want, again, an, a good ROI because we're in the gym or you're engaging, you really should pay attention to your hydration just to get the results you deserve. Like don't walk into a workout. Don't walk in dehydrated. Please, please, please don't walk in dehydrated. Okay. Like, That's get, a good tip. Okay. And then I, I think the other tip I'd like to give is that there are studies in the literature and that's kind of how we doctors talk. We talk about like what's scientifically in literature, but there are studies about hypohydration, dehydration and increased body weight. So it's like mm-hmm. a simple strategy to give it a try. And I personally, here's my hypothesis is that when we're not drinking enough fluid, our detoxification system is impaired. So all those toxins that were supposed to leave the body get stuck in the body. Where do they go? They go to your fat cells because your fat cells are just a nice, safe place to harbor those toxins so they don't kill you. Now, if they are in your fat cells, do you think your body wants to lose weight? Is your body like, yes, let's lose some weight because it will open up those cells and those toxins will be free floating. So that resistant weight loss is a protective mechanism. Now let's start drinking some water. Let's get the detoxification pathways moving. I have seen this over and over. We're just getting that bile flow again, 98% water flowing. Then your body's like, Oh, I don't need all this fat on my body. This is great. Like I, I can let go. And you can safely more safely lose, lose weight in a natural way. So that's oh, like, a, okay. Yeah. That, that's so that's basically nice. water is good. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. Entitle the podcast. Water, water is good. Is good. Really. Yeah. Right. Water is good. Oh, I love it. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? 
Uh, no, I think we, we covered a lot. I think that having people be aware of the, the nine hallmarks of aging is important. Yeah. And the strategies all really, in my mind, tie back to hydration. So you're going to minimize, you, you just really do a lot with doing very little. Is that great? I mean, that never happens to us. Like right. really, th- this right. is an easy peasy water. implementation. Easy. And we, we, most of us have access to water. Yes. That's great. Is there a water that you, that we can, I mean, obviously, I mean, if you can get it yourself, but let's say you're out at a store and you are grabbing a bottle of water, what would be a good one? What do you like? So I don't love plastic bottles because the we are already swimming in bad estrogens. So to add more bad estrogens to the mix is not a strategy. I like now if I'm traveling, if I have to drink water, I'll grab like Evian or something like that. Right, right. So I prefer to just have, um, glass aluminum or something, you know, some stainless steel rather. Sorry. So, um, but I really do like electrolyzed water. Cause it's like, if I'm going to drink something, I would like some extra benefits. And again, some of those bioactives in electrolyzed water, they do help with all that inflammation, all that oxidative stress. So it's like a twofer for one. You can get one of those like on Amazon or, you know, you can Mm. even put a filtration system in your house if you're like really serious about it. But um, again, I would, I would prefer the, the wheel bottle because I, I, I I literally see the science and I I work for them. So I mean, there, there's definitely um, a conflict of interest, but I will tell you this before I even worked for this company, that was my choice. That's why I came to this company. The company I work for now is just because I knew hydration was important for years and years and years and years. And I knew high hydrolysis, uh, electrolysis rather, that is a very important process that can help upgrade our water. Great. There's a lot here. Yeah. Hey, everybody drink your water. Yeah. Hey, cheers. Um, I, <laughs> cheers. Right. Uh, I will leave some uh, links in the show notes and where can people find you? You can find me on social media. Just type in my name. I seem to be the only Dr. Kelly Halderman on the planet. So that's okay, pretty that's good. easy. Okay. Um, yeah, you can, you can find me there. Message me if you have any questions. Um, I'm around. And again, I'll, I'll put everything in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for talking to us about water. We're going to wrap it up. So if, you're, if you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. I have a new pro-aging podcast bi-weekly, so please contact Lauren at fountainof30.com for sponsorship opportunities. Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, stay hydrated. Water is a great way to age younger. Thanks again, everyone. Bye. Bye.